You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 217 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, Dustin Fowler got DFA'd on Monday, so I have some thoughts about the Sunny Gray trade, and I'm also going over the over-under for the A's win total that just got released, and why I think that's an easy over. So uh, that's what we got coming up for you guys today. Before I get into it, please follow us on social media, at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter, and if you have any questions, for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's start with the Dustin Fowler news. As you probably know, he came over to Oakland from the Yankees in the Sunny Gray deal with Jorge Mateo and James Caprillion as the other two parts coming to Oakland. Uh, you also probably know about Fowler's knee injury from his time with the Yankees, but in case you don't, in his big league debut in Chicago, he was playing against the White Sox. He was chasing down a fly ball in right field and ran full speed into an unpadded metal electrical box. He was removed from the game and was traded before he could have his first big league at bat. Fowler ended up making it back onto the field in 2018 with the A's and was in Oakland from May through July, but was optioned to AAA at the beginning of August to make room for Ramon Laureano. And at that point, I mean, you know Ramon Laureano at this point. Uh, at that point for him, though, he started falling down the, the pecking order in the A's uh, farm system. Uh, he just didn't really get another opportunity. And Laureano's emergence in center field really clouded Fowler's immediate role with the A's. And at the time since, he, he's fallen behind guys like uh, Diekman, Barrera, and Brown. And once the A's brought on Kai Tom in the Rule 5 draft, the prospect of getting an opening day spot for Dustin Fowler couldn't have been that high. So it just felt like this DFA was coming. Maybe they were going to try and find a trade partner. They probably did. Uh, tried. They probably did try to, did not find one. And so that's what we got the uh, the DFA for. And uh, with so many outfielders on the 40-man roster with options remaining, Monday's DFA couldn't have been that surprising to them. It's part of the business. It's not the fun part, but it's part of it. And for me, my hope for Dustin Fowler is that he gets claimed by a team like the Tigers or the Pirates, the Orioles, the Rockies, or some team that can give him some legitimate playing time, even as a fourth outfielder. If you've been listening to this podcast for a little bit, you know that I'm a fairly empathetic person, and I really don't want to see Dustin Fowler's notable moment in the big leagues be running into an electrical box. That's not what I want for him. I'd love to see him have a Dan Johnson-esque moment when he was with the with the Rays, where he gets a key hit that sends his team into the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to be a home run. Home runs aren't necessarily a huge part of Dustin Fowler's game, so a key base hit, like a, like a Brett Phillips. I'm, I'm going heavy on the Rays analogies here, but just a big hit in the playoffs to send the team to the playoffs, just a game-winning hit for Dustin Fowler. I want that to be what people think of when they think of Dustin Fowler, not him rupturing his knee and then being traded and then never really being heard from again. That's not what I want for him. So I want this to be his legacy. I want 
wherever he ends up, I want him to cement himself in the minds of people in a different way. And so that's what I'm hoping for uh, with this news. And hopefully he's kind of, you know, I, I got a chip on his shoulder and ready to hit the ground running. I'm fairly certain that he's going to get clean because he has that uh, that prospect pedigree from just a few years ago. And maybe he just needs to change his scenery and just an, an opportunity to play in the big league. So let a team that's not really in contention give him a chance and see what they got because he's got years of control. He doesn't have options, but he has years of control. And maybe even a team like the Giants wants to take a, a chance on him. Uh, that locked on host for the Giants said that the Giants could be interested in adding a guy like that as a fourth outfielder. But the one thing that could ward them off would be the zero options remaining. And, you know, I get it, but I think that he he has some talent left. Give him give him some playing time. Let's see what he's got. And then if he works out, great. You can move him or you can make him a part of your long-term solution. Or if he doesn't work out, then you, you can DFA him later. But give him the option or give him the chance to prove himself out on the field. So I'm hoping for the best for uh, Dustin Fowler on this one. And once he does get claimed, and I'm assuming that he's going to get claimed because he's 26 years old and he has a bunch of tools. But uh, once he does get claimed, then that means that James Caprillion will be the only piece left from the Sunny Gray deal that's left in the A's farm system. And I know that Junior Perez uh, came over when the A's traded Jorge Mateo to San Diego, but I'm not going to, I'm going to just set that one aside for right now. When the A's made the trade, they were going after lottery tickets in return. And that's what I want to focus on right here. Uh, Jorge Mateo was a super speedy infielder that had swiped 82 bags in the low minors in 2015 and looked like he could be a top of the lineup bat. I know that I was excited about what Jorge Mateo could be when, uh, when the A's got him and he was like 22 or something like that. Um, he, he did not develop um, as well as we thought. Uh, we learned later on, I, I think Baseball America had a podcast, I think it was them, uh, last year that was saying that he wasn't really putting in the work and that he wanted to rely more on his abilities and not, you know, take grounders or do whatever he had to do to get better or, you know, more consistent to be a consistent big leaguer. And uh, so from that point on, you know, I was like, eh, okay, well, that's not great. So Jorge Mateo didn't work out. Dustin Fowler had the knee injury a month before being traded, and the A's were banking on him recovering. He never quite got there, but he, he still has tools. He's still there. He wasn't terrible when he returned from the injury. I think that he just hasn't been challenged. And if a team can go out there and challenge him, I think that he might still be okay. And then the same kind of goes for James Caprillion, who had gone Tommy John surgery in April of 2017, the year that he got traded. But he was a former first-round pick, and he had all of 29 and one-third professional innings under his belt. So he was a big lottery pick. But he was also probably the centerpiece of that deal. Uh, he was the biggest lottery ticket, let's say. Because if he hits, great. But if he doesn't, then, you know, look at all these injuries that we just traded for. And that was always the risk that the A's were taking or the front office for the A's were taking in this return package. They weren't getting a bunch of can't miss prospects because there is no such thing as a can't miss prospect. Sometimes it just takes a little bit longer for players to figure it out. And for Dustin Fowler, the clock kind of ran out for him in Oakland because of the options and having to be on the 40 man roster and all that stuff. So the clock ran out, but he can still figure it out. He's still only 26 years old and Jorge Mateo. We'll see. Um, maybe he just needed a change of scenery and James could probably still got some time. So we'll have to wait and see on him. Uh, I still think that he's got a bunch of talent. If he can keep staying healthy, I think that he's going to be a decent part of the A's this year if injuries arise and maybe he's a bullpen arm later on down, down the road. So, uh, for this year, I think that he's in the rotation long-term, but, uh, maybe they find other ways to use him as all I'm saying. Um, as I talked about last week, 
innings are going to be an issue because guys threw 50, 60 innings last year. Are they going to all be able to throw 150 this year? Probably not. So you're going to need guys like James Caprillion to come up, throw some innings that actually matter. And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in Oakland again. I know that he, that he had his uh, his one game last year and he did okay, but uh, I, I want to see him a little bit more. So give me some more James Caprillion. And from a Yankees perspective, Sonny Gray as a member of the Yankees was not great. He had a 451 ERA and a little under 200 innings. So he wasn't the same pitcher as the one that we have seen with the A's or the Reds. And the Yankees were not happy with what they got from Sonny Gray. So they ended up trading him uh, in exchange to the Reds in exchange for Shed Long, who they traded to the Mariners in exchange for another outfielder named Josh Stowers, who turns 24 years old on Thursday. So happy birthday to Josh Stowers. And uh, Josh Stowers last played in A-ball with the Yankees in 2019. He hit 273 with a 389 on base. But after 2020 got canceled, uh, they canceled the minor league season. I'm not sure where he's going to be in his development. Is he still going to be a piece for them. Uh, I know that this is kind of going into the Junior Perez uh, part of trades and all that stuff, but the Yankees don't have a lot to show for the Sonny Gray deal either. So maybe both teams are going to end up losing. And obviously that's not a great sentiment when you're trading away a fan favorite, but for what the front office got and what they were trying to do, the trade doesn't look terrible. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But the package that they got was very intriguing to me at the time. And I I stand by that. could they have gotten a package in return with less potential upside and less injury risk? I mean, sure, but if I remember correctly, the Yankees were pretty much the only team making competitive bids, so you got to just stick with the Yankees' farm system. And in looking at their 2017 prospects, other than Glaber Torres, who they wouldn't have traded anyway, uh, there aren't really many guys that would have worked out better. Esteban Florial was one of the guys that was being mentioned in trade talks and all that stuff, and he ended up staying, but he has some upside, but he's been following the Yankees' own prospect ranking since 2017. Domingo Acevedo was one of their, you know, top 10 guys, and he's now with the A's on a minor league deal. So they got him anyway. Uh, just the Sheffield got traded and has had mixed results with the, uh, the Mariners now. And honestly, the guy that they could have traded for that would have made a little bit more sense would have been Jonathan Eliziga, but I'm not sure that New York would have moved two pitchers instead of one. And I don't know that you want to take James Caprillion out of that deal in order to make it happen. So I'm just not sure. And just a quick look over the Yankees prospects, what their A's front office could have done that would have made the trade better in terms of talent and less injury risk and higher upside and all that stuff. They, they did a good job is all I'm trying to say. Because trading is hard unless you're Tampa Bay. And when the A's trade somebody like Cespedes or Donaldson or Gray, there is more attention paid to the return package. And thus far, those deals have not panned out super well for the A's. But they swing a lot of deals that nobody pays attention to that actually work out pretty well, too. Ramon Laureano was in a nothing deal. And he's the starting center fielder in one of the A's uh, fan base's favorite players to root for. So, uh... He worked out okay, and that it's just because nobody was paying attention that that one worked out. Uh, Mark Cano was Rule 5 pick. Jesus Luzardo came over in the Sean Doolittle trade, which may be the only trade that the A's front office has made of a, of a fan favorite that actually kind of worked out. <laughs> Um, JB Wendelkin was brought over in the Brett Laurie deal with the White Sox in 2015. So that's paying dividends still. Uh, there's a reason that the A's are in the playoff hunt year after year. And it's not because ownership spends a lot of money, obviously. And you could argue that it's not because the A's keep selling off all of their superstars or guys that are about to be superstars, because those moves have not tended to go well for the A's. It's those smaller moves that pay dividends for the A's and keep putting wins on the board. So, uh, pay attention to basically everything else that the A's do, except for spend money and trading away their their biggest talents and uh i think that you'll 
like Ace trades a whole lot more if you're bummed about, you know, Dustin Fowler getting DFA'd. So anyways, coming up, don't tell me the odds. The A's over under win total is a very easy over if you're asking me. So stay locked in with Lockdown A's and we're going to go over that. Today's episode is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever. That's right, guys. We are talking about Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They got six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They still have their original 12 flavors like coconut almond, raspberry, orange, toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter brownie, and a whole bunch more. Mint brownie. I'm going to throw that one in there too because that one sounds delicious right now. All of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars and all of their bars are built for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's show is also brought to you guys by a family business that deals with auto parts, and that is rockauto.com. They have been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and get all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Uh, leave us a rating or review if you're on Apple or other places that you can do that. That's very much appreciated. And you can also follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So our sponsors over at betonline.ag put up some MLB futures on Monday, so I wanted to go over them with you guys. Uh, maybe I'm buying into the A's a little bit too much in 2021, but they have the A's over-under uh, win total at 86.5 wins. Think about that for a second. They won 97 games in 2018, 97 games in 2019, and their 36 wins from last year extrapolated over a full season is also 97 wins. In yesterday's podcast, when I was talking to Martin Gallegos, the A's beat writer for MLB.com, I asked him whether the 2021 A's were more or less talented than the 2020 squad, and he said that this year's version may have a slight edge, and I agree with him on that. Trevor Rosenthal 
looks like a suitable replacement for Liam Hendricks if he's performing up to his capabilities. Sergio Romo takes over nicely for Joaquim Soria. Mike Fires is back, so no change there in the fifth spot in the rotation. And I think that they have some nice rotational depth as a whole if they need to pull from them, like James Caprilli and Grant Holmes, uh, Dalton Jeffries. These guys can come up and perform at a pretty decent level for the A's in 2021 if they are indeed called upon. So I, I like their chances in all of these areas here. The main question that's going to pop up is how they're going to adjust to shortstop and DH. How do those two spots compare this season compared to 2020? And I don't think that Elvis Andrews is going to be a replacement for Marcus Simeon offensively, even though he has the potential to do so. I'm just not counting on it after his back issues from last season. If he gives you the A's like 130 games, that's great. If he's league average, great. That's fantastic. Uh, I just don't know that he's going to be improving on that, on Marcus's uh, 2020 too, too much. I'm not counting on it. If it happens, it won't surprise me, but I'm not counting on it. Uh, but if you take the production from Andrews and then new addition Mitch Moreland and compare that with Marcus Simeon and Chris Davis from, from a year ago, I think that the 2021 pairing could come out on top. So they've at least held steady, I think. Uh, and if you're holding steady with uh, tradition, that's 97 wins. I don't think that they're going to win 97. I'll give you my win total here in just a minute. But uh, you also got to add in Matt Chapman playing a full season and Matt Olson batting over 200, which I assume is going to happen. And all of a sudden, this team is very much improved over last season, which was already a division winning team. So maybe I'm super biased, but I think that the A should easily surpass the 86 and a half win mark by a decent margin. Maybe not 97, but somewhere in that 91 to 94 win range. And Bet Online has all the teams up there and all their win projections and over-unders and all that stuff. So let's take a look at the rest of the AL and the A's competition, if you quote unquote competition, because the A's are obviously winning the World Series. Um, <laughs> I like to be a super homer every now and then. I don't believe it, but let's keep going with the shtick. They've got the Astros at 87 and a half wins for their over-under. So according to the odds makers, the AOS should be a pretty uh, close race. It, neck and neck, if you will. Uh, the A's win that one easily. Um, I still think the, the Astros are relying on a lot of guys with injury histories like Carlos Correa and uh, Jordan Alvarez. And they got to be healthy and productive and their pitching staff isn't better than Oakland's, I don't think. So uh, it'll probably be close, but I could see Houston at like 87 wins, maybe, depending on how good the Angels end up being and how many games that they end up taking, because these are obviously going 19-0 against the Astros. Are they playing 19 games this year? I'm going to assume that that, that hasn't changed. A's 19-0 against uh, the Houston Astros. Calling it here. They're going to lose on opening day now, aren't they? <laughs> so, yeah, I think that the A's have a, a few game cushion over the Astros. I think that the moves that they have made have made them a better team in the AL West. Um, they also have the Angels. Uh, the odds makers here have the Angels at 82.5 wins, which right now feels about right. If they add some pitching or Otani can throw some solid innings and provide a little boost for them and their pitching staff, then I think that they should be that total by a little bit, maybe like 84 wins, because at some point this team is going to have to click with all the talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe pitching doesn't matter anymore. Uh, it probably will because the ball's dead. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, let's keep moving down the AL West. I got a, a little bit more to get to. Uh, they have the Mariners at 71 and a half wins, which feels a little bit low by a couple of games. Um, but it's spring training. I've always had a soft spot for Seattle because of Griffey. So maybe 71 and a half feels exactly right. Uh, rounding out the West, they have the Rangers in last place. No surprise. Uh, and they have their over under at 67 and a half wins. And honestly, that feels really high. Um, they feel like a hundred loss team to me. And with 
three clearly better teams than them in the division and a potentially sneaky Seattle club, I don't know where the Rangers are going to be getting their easy wins. If they go like 7-12 and 12 against each team in the division, which is generous, I think, quite, quite possibly, maybe not against Seattle or maybe not against uh, the Angels, but I think that the the A's and Astros are going to beat up on this team a, a decent amount. But if they go 7-12, and 12, um, that works out to a winning percentage of 368, which is a 60-win season. And the only American League teams that they could potentially be better than are Baltimore and Detroit. And the Tigers have some intriguing uh, starting pitching arms, you know, like Casey Mize and Matt Manning, if he makes the, the leap. Uh, there's another one, but I can't remember his name. Um, and then you got the Orioles, who might just be able to out-hit Texas, which is the one thing that Texas might be able to do. That'll be a uh, who, who's hot wins that series. So yeah, uh, in, in the overall case of the Texas Rangers, take the under because 67 and a half is really high. Uh, the rest of the American League shakes out like this, though. They got the, uh, not the the rest of the American League, the, the top teams in the American League. You got the Yankees at 95 and a half wins. They're the cream of the crop in the AL. Big surprise, whoop-de-doo. Uh, you got the Chicago White Sox at 90 and a half wins. Makes sense that they would be the second best team. They're a scary bunch of guys and... Uh, do not want to face them in the playoffs again. I'm rooting for them in a weird way. Uh, not Tony La Russa, but the guys seem like a lot of fun. I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing what uh, Luis Robert does. Luis Roberts. I need to get out of that. Um, and also Eloy Jimenez. I want to see what those guys do. Tim Anderson has a lot of fun. He has bat flips. I love bat flips. Uh, and then, you know, the rest of the team. <laughs> and then you got the Minnesota Twins at 88 and a half wins. The Blue Jays at 87 and a half wins. The Houston Astros at 87 and a half wins. The A's at 86 and a half. And then the Rays at 85 and a half. So the Yankees and Red Sox definitely feel like the top two teams in the AL, but the Twins are beatable. Just check their recent playoff record, or not even recent, just like the last 20 years of playoffs. Um, it's not great. And then the Blue Jays, are really good if they're hitting, but if their bats are cold, I don't know that they have enough pitching to, you know, make up for that. So the Blue Jays are an interesting question mark, but uh, I, I'm rooting for them too, just because uh, screw the Yankees. And also, I still always liked uh, George Springer and easily Marcus Simeon's over there now too. So they got a bunch of fun young guys. You can make uh, Bo Bichette puns. Those are fun. Vlad Jr., maybe he puts it together and is fantastic now. He's been dropping some pounds, some LBs. Let's see uh, if he can drop some HRs. <laughs> I am sorry. Um, one thing that you got to consider though is this, and that is if these rankings hold, only one team is making it out of the AL West with the Yankees winning the East and Toronto taking the, the wild card. Then you got the White Sox taking the Central and the Twins taking the other wild card. And while I think that the A's are a better club than the Twins head to head, if they win more games than Oakland, then the West is their only option to make it to October, really. And 2021 is going to be a very fun season. So, uh, what do you think about the odds makers? Uh, are the A's going to, what's your win total for the A's? Where do they finish in the American League? And uh, give me some bold predictions. Follow us at uh, Locked On A's. Let me know over there. You can also do it on Instagram, too. That's also Locked On A's. You can email them to me at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Do whatever you want. Uh, but I do want to get uh, one quick note out there before I head out, and that is that uh, I got word that we are switching over to five days a week starting on March 1st. So five days a week starting March 1st, and we'll be adding a third segment to each podcast. So uh, that's going to make each episode 22 to 30 minutes, which I've kind of already been doing anyway. It'll, it'll just be chopped up differently and uh, more concise thoughts. Uh, 
is I think their plan for me. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Uh, not, a, not a lot's going to change, but the formatting is going to be slightly different. Uh, last season, I went over the A's game, and then I talked about the AL West as a whole since the season was so short and every game mattered three times as much. So uh, I don't know that I'm going to be doing that necessarily this year. But as of right now, I think that my idea is... Uh, modifying the format just a little bit where I talk about the A's game that just happened and takeaways from that game in one segment, and then a recap of the A's minor league affiliates for the day once the minor league season gets going. Keep you guys up to date with that. And then in the third segment is a modified version of the West Watch where I go over the games from the, the next two opponents for the A's. So if they have like the Rangers and the Twins coming up over the course of the next week, then I'm going to talk about the Rangers and Twins games. Uh, I know that it's an A's podcast, but they're coming up and I want you guys to know who's hot coming into their series with the A's and uh, who they should be wary of. So I felt like that would be a nice way of like a, a, a modified uh, series preview, if if you will. Um, so that's what I have right now. I'm still not 100% sure that that's going to be the format, but I, I do like the idea of where this is going. If you have any other ideas, please make sure to send those over to me at Locked on A's on Twitter and let me know. Um, new format's going to be kicking off on March 1st. Well, not the, that whole thing with game recaps and minor leagues and all that stuff. We're, we're doing three segments and they'll be slightly longer episodes, but uh, that format will kick off once everything gets rolling in like May once, uh, you know, the minor league season starts. So if there's a, a recurring segment that you'll want to hear on the show, reach out to me at Locked on A's and uh, I will do that. Oh, well, you know, we'll discuss. It'll be fun. But that is it for me today, guys. So until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk to you guys soon. <laughs>